everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a selfless thing play so far. Everything with an attitude. Alabama. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Young men play against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. Hello and welcome to the Alabama Football Podcast, powered by Bama Hammer. Tom, we're back and we're talking wide receivers and tight ends. Where do you want to go first? Man, I want to start with Justin Fowler because I was so excited about this kid. I was talking to him, you know, talking about him during the halfback show earlier. You know, Justin Fowler is a guy that we have loved for a long time, well before your love for Kenyon Drake. Take nothing away from Drake, right? But Justin Fowler's been our boy for a while. And and I was so excited before his injury as to where we were going to use him and and how multidimensional, you know, what what he was going to bring to this offense as far as catching the ball out of the backfield, lining up in the traditional I formation, lining up as a as an H-back, what have you, right? Well, now, you know, unfortunately, Lane Kiffin's here, okay? Okay, it's the first time I've said that in all the shows we've done. But I'm not in love with Lane Kiffin as a person, but I am in love with his offensive mind. And I love how he runs the I formation and does a lot of sets off of it and loves the two tight end look. And so Justin Fowler has to be very happy that Lane Kiffin is is the uh, offensive coordinator for the University of Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. And I love we started a wide receiver and tight end show talking about a fullback, but that's but but no, but I'm serious. That and so that's fun. I'm sorry right? you asked me what was most important to me. It's Justin no, Fowler, man. No, no offense to all the it. other guys. No, I love it because Justin Fowler is is a hybrid type player, right? He's played some uh, some running back. He has played some some halfback, which we kind of call uh, you know kind of a part time tight end. Uh, he's definitely been a pass catcher under uh, uh, Lane. I think he's going to play you know maybe some more pure uh, fullback. But Fowler's a kid that I really really do like. And when we talk about just receivers in more generic sense in terms of pass catchers, you have to put Fowler on the list. He caught seven passes last year five for touchdowns that's going to be a difficult touchdown sort of ratio and production to match but I think he's going to catch a lot of balls between the 20s and uh, I think he's going to open up uh, some of that mid-range passing game and so you know if we're going to talk about guys that are going to pass you know catch the ball then you can't have that show and that's what this one is right you can't have that show without talking about Justin Fowler and he is one of those big guys that uh, I I mean I've enjoyed him since he's he has been on the team. And how do you not joust in Fowler? You know, just that's just a name that just begs for Chris Berman to just say. It's such a mouthful. It's like eating a sandwich when you say that name. It's just it's just awesome. And that's just a football player's name. And the way that he plays, I think, is just phenomenal. And uh, yeah, he's one of my favorite players, right up there with Kenyon Drake. And I look forward to ha- him having a uh, a big season this year. Well, and the reason I wanted to start this show off about him is we've talked about all the weapons, right? We talked about in the pre, you know, we talked about in the in the uh, a day shows that we did about you know Coker coming in and all the weapons that that, that he can have and wide receiver and running back, etc. I'm sorry, a a big old fullback who can run the ball and catch the rock out of the backfield can also be a quarterback's best friend. 
And I just think that the stars are aligning for Jostin Fowler because he is the second year off that knee injury. We saw what he was doing in 2012. We know how kids respond after, you know, coming off that, you know, that second season. And Lane Kiffin's here. And I'm sorry. Lane Kiffin did some great things with the Tennessee fullback when he played against us in 09. And he wasn't anything like Jostin Fowler is. I'm no. sorry. Lane Kiffin is going to – we're going to see – We're you and I are going to see some sets with Jostin Fowler up in the stands in this season that we're going to be like, wow, that's a cool way to use Jostin Fowler. Yep. 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh, where do you want to go from Fowler? You know, sort of the rest of the tight end core, or where do you want to take us? Man, I – we, we got to go next to O.J. Howard. We'll, we'll stay on point with tight end. You know, sure. we'll give the love to the wide receivers in a minute. But O.J. Howard, all the all the pictures I've seen of the kid, he looks like he's really, you know, put some good muscle weight on. He's looked like he's continued to tone that body. You know, I still can't. We, you know, we talked about Derrick Henry in the Sugar Bowl. Well, gosh, I still can't forget that. That that touchdown out of my head against LSU, right? Yeah. I, oh, I see wow. that, and and that also leaves me wanting more. Yep. And and we're gonna see more of that this year from this kid. And it's because of Jacob Coker, because I believe he's gonna be able to to use him as a security blanket. But I think this year we're gonna finally see what I thought I would see last year, and it was too early because he was a he was a he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. But this year we're gonna see the mismatches between the you know, the, the, between the middle, between the hash marks, between the middle of the field, I think we're truly going to see an ability to drop the ball over the linebackers, catch it in space on the run. And I see, I think we're going to see that yard per catch get up in that high, um, that high double digit category. I think we're going to see like a 15 plus yards per catch ratio from this kid. Yeah, I think absolutely. You know, it's one thing, it's almost just almost boring to say that he's a he's a matchup nightmare. He's, you know, too big for the DBs and, you know, too fast for the linebackers. And and so that becomes that becomes trite, you know, and, and in some sense it's a cliche for a reason. Not not everyone that is branded that way really is that way. This kid I think really is that way. I think he really is that. I think we're gonna look for opportunities to to leak him out. Uh, to run him out. What he did against LSU was just phenomenal. Uh, when we got really, really wonky in breaking down the Oklahoma game and looking at film, you know, there was at least one play where he was leaking out. Leaking out. He was the primary pass receiver, but uh, you know, Cyrus Conjo just got just got blown up, and uh, you know, we had a quarterback sack, and you know, who knows? Plays like that could could pivot a uh, you know a game like that. But I just think he's a game breaking type of guy. And uh, we're going to see uh, phenomenal production from him. You know, Kiffin is sort of known for uh, engaging the tight ends and finding mismatches. And I think Howard uh, is is the kind of tight end that you just uh, salivate over. You look at some of the tight ends that are in the NFL where, you know, is he a tight end or receiver? And there's even been, you know, some – uh, some arbitration over uh, over some of that with uh, with Jimmy Graham. I think Coach Howard kind of fits in that category. He's a guy that you know because he's you know six foot something and you know two hundred something pounds, and you're going to line him up closer to the line of scrimmage that you call him a, a, a tight end. But I think he's a kid that uh, you know wanted to be recruited as a wide receiver, and I think he has wide receiver skills, and I think we're going to see him. Uh, get the ball early and often and be productive with it. 
Well, hey, what do you think about this Ty Florney Smith kid? I know, I know in the viewing guide that, you know, the 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 football podcast, you know, viewing guide this year that, you know, that was put out that, you know, it's kind of funny. You just talk about Justin Fowler with his high touchdown ratio, right? Well, well, Ty's trying to live up to the billing because, you know, in the in the guide you referenced that, you know, he caught six passes, but five went for scores. So uh he he's kind of beating Justin Fowler on that front right now. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I've not broken down Georgia military film. Uh so uh, you know, I, I can't tell you this uh per se, but what that really starts to sound like is they used him as an inline blocker between the twenties. And then they used them uh, as a touchdown weapon as they got uh, close to the end zone. And so you start to look at it kind of in those terms. Sounds a little Michael Williams-ish. And uh, sounds like the kind of weapon that we really uh, would like to have. You know, OJ is is more of a straight, you know, um, receiver. You know, Vogler, we'll talk about him, more of a straight blocker. If we can get that sort of hybrid, the guy that legitimately – uh, you know, can can have a day job doing both jobs. That's really what we're looking for. And so I extrapolate from his production that that he has the the ability to provide both. And I'll tell you this, I was kind of surprised that we signed him. And I think it's I think it's kind of telling that we're maybe not getting the production from the rest of the tight end depth that we want. And that's why we uh, that's why we signed him. I also think it's a uh, a luxury of riches. We have recruited so well and have stockpiled so much depth in a so many different places that we could say, yeah, we can go get that shiny thing over there because we have room for it in our budget. That's what he kind of looks like to me uh, when we signed him. And uh, I, I think that I think that he's going to be an interesting, interesting contributor for us. Well, I think that, you know, to your point about Georgia military, if if they used him more, you know, if he was forced to be the blocking tight end, right, because of the depth that that program has, then he might really be liberated when he comes to this football team, right? Yeah, yeah. He might really freaking shine as a receiving tight end, and, and that just be his stick because he knows he's not going to be, uh, he's not going to be called on. Um, we we got enough guys that can do the blocking part, right? Well, what do you think about, uh, you know, we could even go a couple more directions, but what do you think about Dakota Ball uh, moving over from uh, uh, defensive line to tight end? You know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on this. I, I think a couple different things. I think, first of all, I, I think the Brandon Green exper- uh, experiment that we talked about earlier, you know, it worked well because we have so many talented bodies. And, and because, well, two things. We have the we we've brought in so many talented bodies that we can take a Brandon Green and say, hey, we need you to play blocking tight end right now, and and you can make it happen because you're athletic enough that you can do that. But now with his departure, for whatever those reasons were, I still don't think we have found that shiny toy like we had in Michael Williams, and it might be years before we find it again of a guy that can really block the way Michael Williams did. Michael Williams was, was, was a six offensive lineman and, and not to make this a Michael Williams show because we love this kid because he could be plugged in in several different spots. And we, we got the pass catch inside, but I don't think we're still comfortable with that run block inside. And so I think Saban's just trying to put some more guys over there to see who sticks. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think we need someone that can line up and and block. You know, Michael Williams has actually signed a contract with the Detroit Lions to to be a tackle, so he's even moved in uh, moved to the interior or moved to the line. Uh, you know, in the NFL, so that's how good of a blocker he is. You know, we're not just you know we're not just blowing up some guy's skirt here. Uh, and then we've seen him produce you know scoring touchdowns uh, on the field you know throughout his career. So you know, in the national title game against Notre Dame. And uh, he scored just a, a, a an incredible touchdown, uh, you know, against Penn State, and so that spans multiple seasons that uh, uh, that he performed well in both capacities. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we're looking, you know, you know, you kind of always look for the next of something that was really good, and so we're kind of looking for the next one here. Uh, you know, Dakota Ball has an opportunity. Ty Florney is the most intriguing because he may actually have the blend of both. But then, you know, O.J. Howard has what he has, which is phenomenal. You're never going to say no to a guy like that. And then Brian Vogler, uh, you know, everything that I'm reading, everything that I'm hearing, everything that I'm watching is that uh, he is really, you know, he's a senior this year. He has really stepped up his offseason uh, work. He's really stepped up his leadership. And uh, I think that he is really wanting to make a name for himself this year. And so as well as he played uh, last year, you know, and he never, you know, he's more of, he's known more for his blocking, but he never was a great blocker, uh, which is, you know, kind of interesting. I really think we're going to be some, st- see some stepped up performance uh, from Vogler this year. I think he's excited about, uh, you know, Kiffin and the opportunity that that's going to bring to the position. I think he's motivated by the competition that clearly has, uh, has been brought to bear. And uh, I think we're going to see good things from him this, this season. Well, I also think he's motivated by the the, the loss of Brandon Green. Yeah, he he yeah. he sees what what happened in that position last year, and 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 I think he wants he you know he wants his part of it. Yeah, any of these other tight ends, I don't want to give anybody you know short shrift necessarily, but any any of these other guys you see uh, contributing more than you know just a, a, ro- a deep rotation or depth. No, I. I no, I just see. Um, well, I, I really see. I, I see Kurt and and Malcolm, you know, being huge on special teams. Um, I, I see him being huge on on you know on the on the kickoff coverage. Um, potentially, you know, I, I could see Malcolm or Kurt um, being on the uh, the punt return unit. Yep. Um, they're they're both you know they both have some some decent skills as as far as as far as their size and and frame and, and what they can bring to special teams. And and I see that's I, I see them developing or continuing to develop uh, in that role for right now. Yeah, that's fair. And I think uh, you know Corey McCarron, you know, also kind of listed as a tight end. I think he's getting some run uh, as uh, as a fullback as well. Uh, that's I think probably more suits his his body type. He's not quite as tall as some of the other guys, uh, but he's got some uh, some thickness to him. So I think he's getting some run there at fullback as well. So that'll be interesting. You know, we haven't really had a true fullback and so it'll be interesting to see how Jostin fills that role uh you know core there may be a niche there for core because he just seems kind of like one of those hard uh nose kind of guys and and uh, we'll see how that plays out i'm not necessarily going to call for big things but uh if he can step in and sort of contribute and and throw some blocks you know i think that's what we would look for there anything outside of the tight ends or you want to jump to wide receivers no man let's go ahead and jump to wide receivers who he want to talk about first there well i tell you what i don't know who would do. I kind of kidded you about uh, going to a halfback when we were talking about tight end wide receivers. But frankly, who would start with tight ends when you have this sort of buffet of wide receivers? 
in front of you. This is phenomenal. You can't go wrong in who you pick first. I mean, you could just draft college teams from our wide receiver uh, rotation and, uh, and, and you'd be doing yourself pretty well. I don't think you can start anywhere other than, other than Amari just because he's kind of at the, at, the, at the top here. But you go DeAndre and Christian Jones, and, I mean, you go deep down. I don't want to list them all, but, I mean, good golly, the talent that's on this roster at wide receiver. Well, definitely, and, and let's start with Amari. I mean, how excited is he, right, that Coker's in town? I mean, yeah. you, you you were talking on the you know we were talking on the quarterback show about the deep ball, right? Well, Amari's a guy that you know we saw several opportunities for him to go and get a ball, right? And the ball was just off a little bit, right? Yep. As far yep. as getting to him, and so there's what two or three more touchdowns he could have got last year potentially easily. So 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 I, I think he you know I, I think he might be the the happiest guy of the receiver core that um, that 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 Coker was able to come in and and compete at that position with the other quarterbacks. But, you know, I, I, I guess I'd have to start with Chris John Jones and DeAndre White. Yep. Take, nothing, take nothing away from all these other guys, okay? But DeAndre White and Chris John Jones, to me, okay, epitomize what a, what, what a program Saban is building. And, and what I mean is, especially Chris John Jones, you know, for probably number one of the two, close, you know, 1A and 1B, sure. is – you know, these are five-year guys who look what they've done for this program. And, and these, are, these are guys that, kind of like you said with T.J. Yeldon, the, these are guys that are not flashy guys. And they're, they're not out there in front of the camera. And they're not saying, hey, me, 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 me. But in their own right, they've made really big plays when, when their number has been called. And um, I, I just I think we're going to see great things from both of them. Yeah, you know, you take all three of these guys, and they have all had just light up the scoreboard, big, sensational plays. Wow. All three of them. Yeah. And so, you know, you start thinking about, well, if I'm a defensive coordinator, how do I, you know, I can take away, you know, maybe one of them, but if you're going to line them all three on the field, how do I cover that? And so even if I bring in – you know, a, a say, you know, a, a nickel, you know, a corner nickel, and I put a corner on on all all, all three of them. That I still got these three studs on in single man coverage. You know, well, I, and, and and correct me if I'm wrong, real quick, David, but have they all consistently been on the been able to consistently be on the field at full strength? They haven't, right? You know, History. I thought you were gonna. I, I I thought you were gonna pause your question. Just have they all been on the field together? And then I was gonna come back and say, yeah, but not full strength. And so you asked, you know, the second part of the question, which is, which is the kicker. I don't know that all three of those guys have been on the field at full strength. And so I don't either. I think we get them, you know, on the field full strength. It wow. Will, you, you know. It will four, and then you know that's it, if you do that, you're running three wide receivers, and so you probably got some some tight ends, and so you know, give me a formation where you know you're running you know twelve personnel, right? So one running back, two tight ends, and you tell me what play in our playbook we can't run. You know we right. can't. You know we can be vertical, we can be power, and so do you need to go to a nickel or dime to make sure you have coverage on these three playmakers, or do you need to? Uh, you know, put an extra man on the box against what could be a power run attack. Right. 
And that's just a base 12 personnel. That's not even getting into four wides or five, you know, that's not even trying to go fancy on you. That's just, we're going to run out, we're going to run out just a simple old 12 personnel. How are you going to defend it when we got this kind of talent on the field? Well, I just, I just think if they can all stay healthy, right, mm-hmm. for a period of time to build some chemistry with Coker, I just think it could be really fun to watch. Take nothing away from these <laughs> other young kids, but these three guys, right, they've got to be the leaders. They've got to be the ones yeah. that carry oh, yeah. this receiving core. Yeah, yep. And I'll tell you what, one of the things that, uh, uh, you know, that we're hearing, uh, you know, about Kiffin's offense is uh, that he and it's a it's a simple little thing, but it's it's the thing that you and I have been asking for for just seems like forever. Is you know why why do why do we not see more double moves from our wide receivers? And that's just that is something that uh, I think Kiffin is going to bring to our offense. It'll be subtle, and if you don't know really to look for that, then you won't know that it's happening. You'll just think these guys are playing better this year. But uh, you put some second moves out there with some of these guys. And I'll tell you another thing that that Kiffin has been saying uh, about uh, Amari is that his work, uh, his work uh, effort and uh, his work ethic. He's you know, we have this fourth quarter program and and uh, Kiff uh, Kiff has been saying that, you know, Coop comes out a couple hours before the four uh, the the fourth quarter program and puts in work before, you know, the teamwork. Uh, And then they'll just have you know, just kind of bull sessions where they're just talking football. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I think Kiff said that was funny, he was talking about he, Cooper, and Christian Jones were just sitting around uh, talking about off-the-field stuff. And Kiff said, you know, one of the things you learned very early on is that with Amari Cooper, there are no off-the-field things. It's all about football. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Marquise Lee was a first-round draft pick from USC to – uh, you know, to the NFL. And two years ago, last year, he didn't perform as well in college. Tommy, this is college. That over 100 catches. And that, uh, you know, Amari has been very active in sitting down uh, chalkboard sessions with Kiffin talking about how do you get open? How do you get Marquise Lee open enough times to catch that many balls? How is that, you know, what does that look like in, in our offense? And you take a guy like that who's so, uh, you know, singular of focused, uh, dedicating his effort and uh, wanting to sort of study the nuance of of how do you get open to catch that many balls? You know, uh, uh, multiple moves on a route. You know, a, a, a delayed route or uh, a secondary move is certainly those are certainly ways to do it. But when you have a supreme talent, right? Amari could just ride his heels to be a first round pick, but he is uh, putting in the effort this season to improve himself that much better. That's obviously going to have trickle down across the rest of the roster. But holy my goodness, if we get him fully healthy and dedicated for a full season, which, by the way, we've not gotten, man, sky's the limit. Oh, absolutely. And, and this is a guy that uh, if he has that kind of season, you will, you will probably not see him right after, after this season. And well, so, you kind of have to count on him going anyways. But, you know, and, so, and I'll, say, I'll tell you this, if he, has this kind of se- if he has that kind of season, you may not see Jacob Coker come back. Well, okay, so that's a that's a whole different spin on our earlier show, and so, um, but if that was to to come to fruition, right? And now you have no Cooper, and you have no White, and no Jones. Let's spend a minute talking about these other kids because now suddenly, right, you got a much younger receiving core, and and I I want to talk about Chris Black first. You know, sure. I know there's a lot of other guys that we can talk about, yep. but. You know, he's the guy that impressed me, you know, two years ago at the A-Day game with T.J. Yep. Yeldon yep. And, and impressed you as well. It was like, 
what's the two numbers we remembered after that game was number four and number five. Yep. And those are the only two guys we remembered. And so Chris Black's a guy that I'm really rooting for. Um, he, he's a guy like Justin Fowler is coming back after year two uh, of an injury. And, um, you know, I think he's going to be one of those guys that is going to be in that rotation, okay, of those five guys. I think he's going to be one of those top five guys. And he's going to make those plays in game two or three and break one 30 yards for a touchdown. And we're going to listen to some of the fans in the stands turn around and say, who is that? Yeah. Yep. Who is this guy? Never heard of him. Yeah. Well, he's a guy who is just, just, just <clears throat> tough and grit, just hung in there. And now it's his moment to – he is going to get a moment to shine on a quick slant route and take it to the house – and I'm just going to be just clapping as hard as I can for the kid. Well, I think he needs to, uh, and I don't, I don't know him, and so I'm not saying anything sort of interpersonally about him. I'm just saying, you know, the name on the jersey, Chris Black, kind of needs to find his north. He needs to find his true north, uh, and and he needs to really step out and assert himself this season. Yes, uh, because he does. You know, even though the, you know, even though we've got you know a junior and two seniors that are going to be gone. We've got enough talent on the roster and around him that he could get he could get shuffled back. You know, Robert Foster, Raheem Falcons, you know, Adarius Studer's just I think lighting things up. Uh, Cam Sims, Sims even as a true freshman is just absolutely lighting things up. And so Chris Black needs to really assert himself to get into the rotation and then make some plays with the ball in his hand because it would be easy for him to sh- just kind of get lost in the wash. And that's unfortunate because it would be probably less a function of his talent than it just is, you know, wrong place, wrong time with so many other guys. Uh, you know, he was he was the one that was lighting everything up. He was the one that was, was supposed to have been the Amari Cooper a couple years ago. And, right. you know, he went down to injury. And so that's no fault of his own, uh, and but you know the door opened for a, another player. You know he is a shorter type of you know slot type receiver. Well, guess what? <laughs> what a long log jam at that position, other than you know DeAndre White and Christian Jones. So it, there's an opportunity that that uh he's going to have a, a he's going to have an opportunity it's just going to be a, a more narrow opportunity and he's just going to have to really kick the door open and take full advantage of it well i will tell you as my first prediction of these shows he is your next leader of the receiving core okay what i mean what i mean by that is is he's your i i, I look for him to to grab the opportunity to be next year's leader of these young guys Okay. Because he is the veteran of that second unit, if that makes sense. And I and I really think he I, I think he is, you know, dude, he wanted to play so bad in that in that sugar bowl. I think this is a guy that is going to really seize the moment this season. I think you have certainly every potential to be right. I just want to underscore the fact that boy, I think that he needs to. Yes. Uh, you know, because because there are so many other uh, prime talented guys that will. And uh, and I'll tell you what you you know that was your bold kind of prediction at wide receiver. Here here's kind of mine. If you were to draw a connect, if you, you know if you were kind of draw the the lineage and sort of pass the torch from 
and I'm, I'm talking uber talent here. I'm not just talking the best receiver from team to team. This kind of spans teams. But if you took uh, and drew a line and passed the torch from Julio Jones to Amari Cooper, I think that torch next goes to Robert Foster. I think the next – and so we had a span in between Julio and Cooper. I think we have Cooper and Foster on the team – on the field together this season, I think okay. Robert Foster the next superstar. Okay, so what 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 makes you so high on Robert Foster? I just think uh, I I just you know the way he looked during a day and uh, the reports coming out of uh, fall camp, I just think he's it. I think uh, I've, I'm seeing some it factor uh, from him. I think that uh, you know his over the shoulder catch in a day. Some of his other that was pretty. That was pretty nice. Now I gotta yeah. say, and and some of what we're hearing out of out of fall camp, I just think he's the guy. I think he's he's the next one up. Uh, certainly, he was a uh, you know a five star recruit. That doesn't always translate to to that level of stardom, but you know certainly he was a, a five star recruit. Uh, a very significant get uh, in in recruiting. I think he's it. You know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I can be wrong, but uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, we talked about having four, having three wide receivers out there: Cooper, White, and Jones. Man, uh, you put Foster, out, and they may say, "Well, you know, that redshirt freshman. You know, we can put a free safety on him. We'll be all right." And I and I think, you know, quickly teams will learn that. You know, that guy, that guy is something too, and uh, I think that he's going to get out there and, and make some big plays for us. Well, do you do you think? Um, I, I have to say, looking at the the uh, the glimpses I've seen of Cam Sims, you know, I think it's a I think it's a crowded wide receiver core, you know, currently numbers wise. But boy, he looks pretty impressive. Uh, the shots I've seen of him, just uh, he looks he he looks pretty mature physically already at this point. Well, he really does, and he's one of those guys. You know, again, Cooper White, Jones Foster. We haven't talked about Raheem Falkins, a redshirt freshman. Chris Black, our Darius Stewart. You know, all you know, seven of those guys. You know, none of you know you you can't redshirt them, right? Uh, and so you talk about Cam Sims and Derek Keefe are are the uh, the true freshmen, and you think that you almost have to redshirt those guys. Yes, just from a management standpoint. But then you take someone like a Cam Sims, and you sometimes you kind of scratch your head and you say. How can you actually redshirt someone that's that's as talent as talented as he is? And so that's where I say, even amongst the known competition that Chris Black has, man, he's got to watch out for someone else. Even even one of these freshmen coming in, yeah, uh, you know. And again, I'm not mad at Chris Black. I'm just saying, man, there are piranha in the water uh, at that wide receiver position, and you got to well, get yours when the getting's good. Well, I think it's you know we saw <clears throat> last year that Alabama consistently ran a rotation of four to five wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I see it stretching maybe to six with Lane Kiffin's offense, but I don't see him running seven, right? That starts to be big numbers, right? And so that's where I say when we talk about Coker and you know he's got a uh, you know throws a good deep ball, are we just gonna go out there and and you know, not every play obviously you know what would be super fun to watch is just for us to take uh, a couple of series a game and just say we're gonna Pitch we're gonna catch. we're gonna play running gun. Yep. Because we've got the talent to do it. 
And, uh, and so we're just going to go out there and say, oh, this is the quarter that we do run and gun. And we're going to rotate. <laughs> the look, quarter that we crazy. do run and gun. Not, I love you know, that. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be just more on football. Guys. No, that would be awesome. Man. I just, be but great. I look at up and down our roster and I look, look at these receivers and I think, man, I know we want to be a running attack, but we've got so much talent that if we wanted to just snub our nose and say, you know how multiple we're going to be? We're just going to be, for a team that's still considered a running attack, sort of a boring, plotting sort of attack, we're just going to show you that that's not really true. I think, I think you know, you take all the running gun teams that are out there, you know, and so we, maybe we don't have a running quarterback necessarily, but of all the run and gun and, and, and fast-paced yes. offense teams up there, I don't. Yes. Put, I don't. I will take our receiving core over all of them. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree with that. And so, if we wanted to, and I'm being a little ridiculous, I understand that. But if we wanted to just just go out there and we could go out there and run four and five wides and uh, and and sling it around the yard a little bit, uh, probably with uh, amongst the best teams in the country. Dude, it'd be great to break up the pace like that. That'd be awesome. Would it though? It would be. And hey, you know we have run five wide before. Sure, you know, I, you know we did that a couple of years ago. I remember when, you know sitting in the, the Atlanta Dome with the Georgia Dome uh, when we played Clemson, and uh, you know you were a few rows back, and there was this guy that was sitting between us. He swear he, I think he swore, I thought I was hitting on him or something because I, I turned around to you a couple times and I just held my hand up like five, and I think like, I thought I was waving at him or something. I was like <laughs> five wides, five wides, and uh, and so we've done this before. And, uh, and frankly, we have even more talent to do it now. Sure. No, absolutely. I agree with that. So I've run out of emotion after, <laughs> after <laughs> stepping through that. Who, who am I missing around the wide receiver core? What's sort of a, a, sort of a name or well, I'm surprised you hadn't talked about our Darius Stewart, man. I mean, what? I mean, the boy's got a little flash in him for somebody that doesn't know what position he wants to play. The, um, you know, I, I, I just I can't put my finger on, on 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 my thought about him at wide receiver, but he's also a guy that just has so much talent that you know it's going to be you know it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. I mean, you know he he didn't do too bad at a day for a limited time at that position himself. No, he didn't. And so and you know and and we have some of this in the in the in the viewing guide that you know kind of my thought on Ardarius Stewart is is that you know he came kind of without a position. And uh, and we started him, uh, I think, at safety, and uh, and moved him back uh, to wide receiver. And so there's a little bit where the coaches say, you know, we'll let the coach, we'll let the player kind of pick where he wants to play, and then you know maybe we'll kind of steer him. And where we have a need is, you know, you know equal, you know, faster kind of route to playing time. We actually have a need at safety, and we'll get to that show and we'll talk about safety. But I think one of the thinnest positions we have on the team is strong safety. And you take a guy like our Darius Stewart, who's who's just athletically just just gifted, and uh, and we move him from safety back to wide receiver, where we have a ton of talent at wide receiver. And so a little bit it speaks to this guy must really have the potential to be special at wide receiver, or we would kind of press the issue. Uh, with keeping him at safety, yes, and and so the fact that he's back at wide receiver, and and the way he looked during a day, suggests that he just really has a real gift for operating with the ball in the open field, and the player that he reminds me of, 
is Cordero Patterson at Tennessee. Cordero Patterson never looked like a polished receiver. But you give him the ball in a broken field, and he is going to weave and dodge and slash and cut his way down the field, and it's going to be the most electrifying entertainment 12 seconds of ball that you're going to see during the entire game. And I just think our Darius Stewart has a little bit of that spice in him that, uh, you know, we're going to run him on some screens, maybe some slants. You know, we're going to talk about special teams. I think this guy in punt returns could just be sensational. I think this is a guy that we're going to try to get him the ball in space and just say, go to work. And, uh, and I think it's, we're going we're gonna to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy seeing us do that. So it's almost like uh, it's almost like you know try to find where he is because he's going to be lined he's going to be lined up in different spots throughout the season. Right, right. Let's move him around and and he you know he's going to have five plays in his playbook and they're all going to originate from a different uh, you know a different set. And so by the time by the time your defense feels like oh, maybe we figured out how to cover. Cooper, White, and Jones, and Foster. Who the right. hell is the Stewart guy that's springing out of a fullback wing T position and running a freak slant? You know, for yeah. or just just something just bizarro that I just think we're going to see something with him lined up in sort of a, a freak position and just get the ball and just you know where we force a matchup with him, right? And so we're going to run some nines and get the corner out of the corners out of the way, and we're going to put him somewhere, just somewhere, lined up where it forces a mismatch. Man, watch out! That'd be fun. If you ever see number thirteen, just write this down. <laughs> if you're listening to this, and then I'm just you know, then we can be done with the show. But just write down. If you see number thirteen, and you're like, who the hell is thirteen lined up at tailback? Just sit down and get your popcorn ready because that's a play that's going to go for a big game. That's going to be a fun play to watch. That's awesome. That's what. Come on, come on. You got What do you awesome. got? I ain't got nothing, man. That was awesome. All right. I, I just. I, no, seriously, man. I just. I hope that I got my popcorn ready, and I hope he does some crazy lined up formations so we can turn to each other. And hold our hands up, and somebody thinks we're waving at them. Man, that's, that's all right. I gotta say. That's, that's right. Awesome. Say so we'll call. We say we'll call that. We called that one. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna tell you what. Watch out for Raheem. And look, I'm not gonna have as much passion because I'm just gonna run out of gas. But watch out for Raheem Falcons. This dude's like six fives. You know, just a huge, tall uh, receiver. I think we're gonna find a way to get a you know back of the end zone kind of matchup when we get kind of in a goal line situation. You know, look for number eighty on the field. You know, we're going to have a lot of options, what we can do. Uh, don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, if you, if you can get a, just a, a supremely tall uh, receiver, you know, across the first down line or, uh, you know, in the back of the end zone, I think we're going to capitalize on that. We're not going to, and I love this wide receiver. This is probably the most talented wide receiver core that I've ever seen since I've been following this. And I said that last year, and I think this year is even more talented. But I don't want to discount the fact that we lost uh, Kevin Norwood, who's going to go down in my book as an all-timer, right? You know, his sideline catches, his ability to, to, to catch the ball along the sideline, move the chains. I'd, it would be interesting to study what percentage of his catches throughout his career went for first downs or touchdowns. It would be very high. Very would, high. I mean, it would be astonishing. Over eighty percent. That percentage least. was. Yeah. And so when you look at sort of those have to pass the ball, 
have to be clutch, critical uh, situations. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who kind of picks up that slack. And uh, it may be someone like a Raheem Falcons or someone, you know, it's like, ah, that's interesting that they're catching those balls. And, uh, you know, I'm not predicting that it's Falcons, but I'm just saying this guy's going to have a role too. And for all the excitement and all the the, the chatter about the other guys, uh, I think watch out for him. And Derek Keefe, I just think that, you know, the future, he's a f- player for the future. Uh, I think he can be good. I think he's going to be his talented. Future's just not na- his future's just, just think, not now. Yep. You go, there's too much talent between him and the field. There's oh, yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Wait, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Look, you got to check out this 2014 Alabama Viewing Guide because it's chock full of 100 pages of the same kind of passion that that we're throwing at you here uh, on this podcast. So uh, check it out. It's a cup of coffee over at BamaHammer.com. We'd greatly appreciate it. It's a fantastic way for you to support. If you like this podcast, I'll put it to you this way. If you like this podcast, this comes with a cost. And so this is a hobby. We do this and we eat the cost just because we enjoy doing it so much. If you just want to tip your hat and say you guys do good work and we want to say, you know, how can we support you guys? Go buy a copy. It's only $4.99. Like I said, it's a cup of coffee. Go to BamaHammer.com. Pick it up there. And uh, that's just a tip of the hat of a uh, way of you to say thanks for, for uh, putting out the podcast and answer all our questions and all the things that we like to do and, and hope that uh, you certainly enjoy. So we'll put that out there, uh, maybe challenge you guys. Uh, if you're looking for something else, go to iTunes and uh, give us a review there. Uh, we certainly appreciate those as well. Again, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast powered by Bama Hammer. Thanks for listening. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out, a roll tie. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.